Welcome, everybody, to another Nothing But Net Media podcast. I'm your host, John Guarna, and I'm joined by my main man, Quest Newspaper's own, and the Logan Thunder women's head coach, Braden Hesselhurst. Braden, what's happening, my man? Not much, man. A lot in the basketball world, though. Uh, good to be here. Yeah, there is a ton of basketball news to get to. The first things first, though, uh, it is Tuesday here, and big announcement this morning, or actually this afternoon, from the NBL. They're going to be taking their preseason blitz down to Tasmania, looking to showcase the league and Australian basketball to a potential new member of the league in a potential Tasmanian bid, very similar to what they did with Brisbane a few years ago before they actually officially brought the Bullets back. What do you think of the NBL uh, bringing the Blitz to Tasmania and potentially adding another team down in Tassie? I think it's great. I mean, we saw uh, sort of the impact it had when it came to Brisbane um, a couple of years ago. Uh, I don't think, like, it's a bit different in the circumstances that the Brisbane sort of return was already announced and they were playing in in the uh, in the tournament, and obviously the Tasmanian team won't be, but um, I think it's huge. Like, it's obviously, um, in what's happened the last couple of weeks, we've you know, Larry Kesselman having meetings and, and everything down there and trying to buy the DSD, um, the big entertainment centre down there and, and stuff like that. I think it's just another step towards getting a, a team down in Tassie, and I think this is probably uh, an indication that it's going to happen because I don't think, um, they would be doing something like this. Uh, I know it's just um, the blitz, but I don't think they'd be doing something like this if um, it wasn't sort of an assurity. So I think it's just another step to to show that it's going to happen. And hopefully, you know, they spoke about it happening for uh, not this season coming, the season after. So um, hopefully that happens. And I think it's just another great step towards that um, happening. And I think we need more teams in the league. So I think it's great. What do you think about Tasmania as a as a market? Most of the major sports competitions, uh, they've been crying out for an AFL team. They regularly host Hawthorne down there, and they bring out a, a massive crowd. But pretty much that that's been pretty much it from the professional ranks over the last few years. What do you think about Tasmania as a as a basketball market itself? We've seen lots of talent come out of Tasmania. Do you think they can support a, a franchise down there? Yeah, I, I think you can. Um, I think. You know, if there's a person who will do it the right way and make sure there's that support there, it's it's Larry Kesselman because he knows what he's doing as far as um, the business things go. But I think there's definitely support there. You know, I was um, part of the Spartans team when we were in the Seagull and we played down there against two Tasmanian teams in in Hobart and Northwest Tasmania. And, and both um, stadiums were always packed um, when we played down there and they had great support. And then we look at, you know, when the Hobart Chargers the last, I think, two years played at the BEC, the arena that the NBL is trying to buy, and, and they got good crowds for the men and everything um, at Seawall Games. So um, I think there's definitely that support there, um, you know, and hopefully that translates into business support as well. I know the governments are getting behind it, um, and it's good that the, the council down there is you know, sort of changed their opinion after saying that the, the DEC was not up for sale recently, but changing their mind and opening up to discussions. So um, I think there's definitely the support there, and especially for basketball. It seems like a pretty rich sort of basketball area. And like I said, I think the, the main person who will make sure there's that support there um, for where it gets up is Larry. So, um, yeah, I definitely think it's there. And, and hopefully, like I said, hopefully it happens as quick as possible. 
We've seen a, a lot of basketball talent in Australia currently at the moment, and there's a ton of talent over playing in the college system and in Europe. What do you think about the talent base? Is, is there enough Australian talent to provide a, a good, solid roster for a 10th team and, and a competitive team? Yeah, I think so. I think if you look at it right now, you know, we well, nine teams as of this coming season. I don't think there is enough opportunity for, um, you know, Australian, young Australian talent. So, um, you know, and, and maybe if there's more roster spots up for grabs and, and more teams, uh, more contracts available, teams might put a bit more effort into uh, bringing young people through and developing some young talent rather than, you know, we don't see it too much apart from teams that maybe are forced to because of budget, like the Illawarra Hawks and, and those sort of things. We don't really see teams bring through too many young players. Oh, and obviously what Joey does down there at Adelaide, he does a great job as well. But not many other teams do really like a great job of, of bringing people through and uh, and nurturing that young talent because it's such a cutthroat industry and there's only eight teams in the league or has been. So maybe this will open up more chances for teams to do that. Uh, but there's definitely the local talent. Like, you know, you look at the QBL, um, the NBL1, WA League, people over at college um, and all that sort of stuff. I think there's definitely enough Australian talent um, to make up those rosters. And I think we just need to probably make a better effort of, of being able to bring those guys through and provide a, a better environment for them to do that. Uh, and obviously, like I said to you, have said to you previously, um, I think the next Stars program is good. We'll chat, chat about that later. But I think we need to do a better job of, of nurturing the young talent. But I definitely think there's a talent available for that for sure. It's the good transition there because the next thing I did want to talk to you about was that Next Stars program. It made tremendous headlines uh, last season, bringing over Brian Bowen for the Sydney Kings. And, you know, I would argue it was a fairly successful uh, venture for, for Brian Bowen. Not necessarily on, on the court. He had a good season, don't get me wrong. I don't know how much being in the program helped him with his draft stock or hurt, he did, he wound up going undrafted, signing the two-way contract with the Indiana Pacers, which again, it's getting him to the NBA. He's going to see some time in, in the big league. So it's a, it's a really nice feather in the cap for the program, but making an absolute splash <laughs> heading into this upcoming season with the NBL next stars program. Right away. You, you sign uh, LaMelo ball. What's his name? I'm getting, thank you. I'm I'm getting him confused with R.J. Barrett. I got the New York Knicks on my on my brain. Uh, so R.J. Barrett and and Lamelo Ball coming in in the next stars program, and now just recently they're announcing another potential NBA prospect joining uh, the the program in Terry Armstrong. But get this, they've changed the rules, so now you can actually be an NBA draft pick, and it's that old draft and stash thing. So they bring in a kid who was drafted by the New Orleans Pelicans, a Brazilian-born player, Marcos Luzada Silva. Uh, he was actually drafted this year in the number 35 spot. That's a pretty high pick to be bringing now into the NBL. It's a huge, huge coup for the for the league. And have to tip my cap to uh, Larry Kesselman and, and the NBL for pulling this one off. But... How much does this program now, as we see it, how much does it hinder that Australian talent that we were just talking about? Um, well, I think it's it's smart um, for the league, obviously, because it's, it's a business and they need to get the best talent available. And 
and get noticed you know, in an overseas market, you know, they've been trying so hard is, um, you know, making an imprint in, in the USA with, you know, the preseason games and everything. So I think it's huge from the NBL standpoint, but I think the, the nurturing of the young talent is sort of more on the, on the clubs individually um, rather than the NBL because as, as a business, you know, they're focused on bringing in, you know, dollars and, and getting a TV deal and all that sort of stuff. And the way to do that is doing what they're doing. Um, you know, I'm not sure um, what happened with the rule change recently to, for Sydney to bring in um, the New Orleans guy in Lazada. But, um, yeah, as I've spoken to you about previously, oh, I think I'm not criticising the league or anything um, specifically, but I think, you know, with, with other young talent we've seen sort of go out of the league and choose AFL or drop out completely. You know, we've had Tom Wilson, who everyone sort of identified as a future boomer, and then we had, uh, he went to AFL uh, and now playing for Collingwood, and then we had Tom Fullerton, who I was lucky enough to coach, go to the Brisbane Lions. And, you know, then we've had just a number of, you know, college kids who have elected to stay here and then, you know, play in the NBL or being part of it as a development player or whatever. Um, and drop out of the league after a year or so just because, you know, as a league, as clubs, we're not willing to take that chance of giving them an opportunity and, and nurturing them through. But also, I think we don't do enough of providing the other support services for young people like, you know, an NRL, AFL, and that does as far as welfare and all that sort of thing. So I think the, the next stars is a huge... Um, benefit the NBL and basketball in Australia, don't get me wrong, and I love it um, because it's going to make the league interesting and as a, from a business point of view, it's awesome. Uh, but I think we can also add resources to the other side as well and I think that's on the clubs and maybe the NBL can influence the clubs a bit more as well just to provide those overall services so we can do both at the same time. So we've got young Australians making that step through as well as bringing over that young talent from the US as well. So that's my opinion on that, and I've been pretty strong on it. Um, you know, we've seen so many young talent drop out. I just don't want to, you know, see us provide a, a league for other people from other countries to come in and develop their game while we're taken away from the opportunity for our locals. So, um, yeah, but I think it's a huge thing. And what do you think about it, Tony? Do you think we're taken away from the locals at all? I, I think there's the there's the pros and cons to it. I I think it certainly far outweighs. Um, the the risk involved, I guess, from the marketing perspective, this is a huge marketing coup for the league itself. Uh, it certainly has raised eyebrows not only in Australia but worldwide. And it seems like the NBL and uh, ESPN are best mates now. You know, I think we're seeing the NBL more on TV in America than sometimes here in Australia, and that's a huge thing. And that's going to draw the attention of some of these major networks, whether it's free-to-air television or, or Foxtel, whichever it is, but it's also going to raise the eyebrows of some marketers, uh, some businesses, potential sponsors, or uh, people maybe wanting to get on, get involved. So from a business perspective, I certainly think it's, it's one of the best 
decisions uh, that they've made, and it doesn't really feel like they've taken many wrong steps. But I do agree with you in a sense that it is potentially taking away the opportunity for the local talent. Uh, and the reality is, though, is that the way that basketball is now, it is an international game. Uh, people will be found, no matter where you are, I think uh, the opportunities for Australian-born players are even greater now because of the eyeballs that are on the league. So if you 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 do have to work a little bit harder than maybe you had to uh, a bit or a few years ago to to get that, even that development spot is super competitive. Not and, and we're not talking about a fully rostered NBL spot also. So I think. The pros far outweigh the cons, but I think it is uh, it, it, it could potentially negatively affect the Australian talent. But listen, at the end of the day, the more talent you bring in and the better talent you bring in, it forces everyone else to raise their game. And I think in the long run, I think it will be a beneficial thing for not only the league, but for Australian basketball as a whole, because... The reality is is that you know not everyone's going to make the NBA. Not everyone's going to want to go over to Europe or even to go to the U.S. to play college ball. So there is a, a, a valid, uh, legitimate alternative for kids playing basketball here to strive towards. And it could potentially be the peak, but it also has the potential to provide that next step for you, whether it is going to Europe or going to the NBA. We see it. Uh, we've seen yeah. it for a few years now. And that is only going to continue to grow. You, you know, we talked a, a little bit about a couple of these guys. Didi, from the Brazilian player who's going to be suiting up for the Kings, he's playing in summer league. How many guys are over in summer league from Australia this season? I mean, it's got to be record numbers. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at the game today; he killed it as well. So, you know, he's going to be. You know, they got people with Liam Sanamaria from the NFL talking about he's a rookie of the year lock, and that he will maybe start over Brad Newley and all that sort of thing. So. It's huge, and, and I don't think it's a bad thing as far as um, spots for locals or anything like that. I just think I'm talking about the the resources that we're putting into it. I think we can put some resources into providing those services for young young kids who might be not wanting to go to college because they don't want to go overseas and stuff, but so they get signed by an NBL team, but they're moving away from their family in a state or whatever. You know, and they have those moments where they're not getting court time and they've been the man all through juniors and that sort of thing. That's part of learning. But, you know, some kids go through struggles when they're away from home just as much as anyone else. And uh, professional basketball life is completely different. Um, so are we providing those welfare services and all that sort of uh, other resources that we can put in it, into it to make it um, you know, a great environment for our young kids. So I think it's on them to, like you said, I think there's plenty of opportunities for them now these days, whether it's here, college, overseas, and the limelight that the, the NBL is getting. But are we providing, um, you know, the, the opportunities, sort of the spots up for them to, to get? They've just got to work hard and everything, but are we providing the other things to make them want to stay in the sport? Because we've seen people leave the sport yeah, and I, completely, I think... you know I do think it is part of those services, but at the moment, a lot of that is financial as well. The reality is is that uh, a majority of the clubs, I'm not going to say all of the clubs, but uh, most clubs, can't ma you can't match the dollars that are on offer from the other sports in Australia at the moment. And, and, and opportunity, I, I will say that as well. I think you know Tom Fullerton is the perfect example. He was a guy who uh, wasn't getting a lot of opportunity on the court, and... You know, the opportunities that he had came few and far between. And 
you know, he had an opportunity to go play, actually play and play more and make a little more money at the same time. That's an attractive thing. You know, if you're a professional athlete, ultimately you want to you want to know that the opportunity is a legitimate one and, and you want to be able to play. Same thing with Tom Wilson. I mean, I remember a few years ago they were talking about him potentially being an NBA player. Now he's playing AFL. So uh, I, I agree with you that that it is on the clubs and the league has to take a bit of ownership as that in that as well. Uh, supporting the clubs and, and and encouraging the clubs to to build those programs and those support systems like you talk about because the reality is uh, basketball is has never been as popular in Australia as it is right now due to the NBL of what they're doing and to the fact that the NBA is so accessible it's never been as accessible and easily accessible for us here in Australia as it is currently. Speaking of the NBA, we would be remiss, Braden, if we didn't talk about the absolute madness of NBA free agency. Uh, the big bomb dropped on everybody uh, over the weekend when Kawhi Leonard, not only th that he signed with the LA Clippers, but he's been the mastermind of one of the shiftiest moves in NBA history, encouraging Paul George to request a trade from the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then OKC gives him that – pays that respect and gives him the trade that he's after to join Kawhi Leonard in the Clippers. Which was more surprising to you, that Kawhi chose to go with the Clippers or that he was able to bring Paul George along with him? I, I think the Paul George uh, trade was by far the most shocking thing because no one – you know, you see it on all the ESPN shows and all the talk shows. No one even thought that was a possibility and – and a lot of people thought in the lead-up to the decision, that's why he wasn't going to choose the Clippers because there wasn't that second star there. And, and if he wasn't going to go back to Toronto where he won a championship, the only place he would have that second star or third in the case of the Lakers was the Lakers. So um, I had my phone out, I think, half an hour before our QPL game on, on uh, Saturday when everyone was warming up and I saw it and I was just shocked because... You know, all the information we got in the lead-up was that he was either going to go back to Toronto or sign with the Lakers. And, you know, he's able to get Paul George. And, and that's obviously the reason why it took so long to try and facilitate that trade and, and all that sort of stuff because apparently he had been speaking to Paul George all along a, you know, a week or so ago and, and they got that sorted. So it's, it's huge. And, like, I, as a Lakers fan, uh, mainly a LeBron fan, uh, I was a bit disappointed, but... I think it's really exciting for the league that we've got some parity and, and we don't really know which teams, you know, can win it next year. So I think it's awesome, but it was uh, very shocking. I think the Paul George was the best one. I can't, I can't believe that. And the scary thing is, is the Clippers backcourt could be Patrick Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, and then Paul George at the small forward spot. That's as fearsome a defensive threesome as I think we have seen in the league in a long time, let alone the offensive talents of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And I really do, you know, I, I know it's quite reactionary, but the fact of the matter is, is that that Clippers team uh, is pretty much the same unit that pushed Golden State to seven games in the first round of the NBA playoffs just completed. Adding uh, Kawhi Leonard and a Paul George to that, you can understand why people are calling them the early favorites. Yeah, and I think, you know, the Lakers obviously have the star power with the big, you know, with AD and, and LeBron as well, and they've built a sort of nice roster. But 
you know, adding Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to a team that was already pretty good last year. And like you said, pushed Golden State in the playoffs. Apart from Toronto, they pushed them more than any other team did. And and now you add, you know, they've got Patrick Beverly, they've still got Lou Williams, they've got Montrez Harrell. Um, you know, Evita Zubac, who I think is, is underrated, and I think Lakers will grew that decision to trade him for Mike Muscala last year. But, um, you know, that's huge. And I think they have every right to be the favourites because only not only have they got a, a better team and an already established team that has chemistry, but I think they have one of the best coaches in the league as well. So um, I think they're going to be held tough to beat and that battle for LA is going to be awesome to watch. It's uh, pretty interesting. I've seen a couple of articles floating around out there about tampering. Obviously, you're not really supposed to talk to players when they're under contract. We all know that it happens, but the the prevailing theme out there is, is that the Clippers have been chasing Kawhi Leonard for a long time. Uh, they, they were at every single game of his, apparently, and talking to him constantly. Uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, I know it's a little bit different here in some of the professional sports in Australia where you are able to negotiate with other teams or talk to and even sign with other teams while you're still under contract. But that's not how things work in the NBA. And there, there are anti-tampering laws. I'm sur- Are you surprised that nothing has been made of that or nothing more has been made of that? Yeah, I think so, especially when it's been so well known. Like, I think it was even well known last, you know, during last season that the Clippers were you know, doing all that sort of stuff, chasing him and, you know, going to his, all of his games and, and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I think the NBA has got to make a decision whether they, you know, go, you know, hard and crack down on those type of things because, like you said, we all know it happens and it happens a lot. And then we see weird things um, get fined for tampering. You know, when Magic Johnson says a comment um, about training with Ben Simmons or, or stuff like that, we see that get fined and then we see obvious things like this, which is easily, you know, worse as far as the rules go compared to that sort of stuff and, and it goes unpunished. You know, the league hasn't even done anything. It's been well known and published for, for a while now. So I think they need to go down one way, whether it's to crack down on those laws or just, you know, let it happen because we all know it does and just be easy on it like, you know, you said like the leagues are here and in, in AFL or NRL and all that sort of stuff where people can talk to each other and, and all that sort of stuff without any consequence. So I think they need to choose a way because right now it's uh it's a bit um, you know, uncertain. Everyone's uncertain about what is punishable and what's not. So I think it's disappointing because I don't think that should be allowed to be to be done when those are rules. But um, you know, like you said, it happens and you know, as fans, that we can't do anything about it. It's on the league, so we'll see what happens. What were some of the other surprises that you came across, or what were some of the more surprising signings? Uh, it's cr- pretty crazy when Kawhi drops a bombshell like that that we didn't even really talk about Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant signing with Brooklyn. Uh, you got Kemba Walker going to Boston. You've got the guys heading out to Utah, and Mike Conley obviously was the trade by Bojan Bogdanovic goes out there, uh, people really loving what Utah has done. A lot of guys moving places, a lot of moving pieces. The NBA is really, to me, the king of all leagues when you talk about 24-7, 365 days a year. It's amazing how they can keep the story going. But what are some of the surprises or what are some of the moves that you really like in free agency? I think the biggest one I like is 
uh, you know, everyone was sort of talking about it early, but it's kind of gone under the radar since then is Al Horford to, to Philly. I think it's obviously huge because, you know, he can shoot the ball and, and so can Joel and Bede and, you know, Al Horford can obviously play the ball uh, and he has previously uh, before he got to Boston. But, you know, obviously when they try and load manage Joel and Bede, the biggest void they had was at that centre position and when they do that this season, they can easily slide Horford to the to the five and and adjust from there. And I think that's a massive advantage for Philly just to be in a better position come playoff time. You know, whether it's the first seed uh, and just having home home court advantage throughout the playoffs because you know we saw how good they were at home and and they pushed Toronto all the way to that that last second shot from Kawhi. So uh, and then they obviously have uh, added Josh Richardson from from Miami as well, which I think is huge. I think they've got to add some more shooting on their bench with the loss of uh, JJ Redick, but I think that's a hell of a team and they addressed a massive, you know, void in their roster and their chances to be a, a legit title contender. And I think, to me, they're the best team in the East and, and they can challenge anyone in the West if they get to the final. So I really like that move. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what you think, Johnny, but I think that's huge for Philly. I, I think it was a great move. I agree with you. And to me, it's probably, it might even be more surprising that he went to Philly uh, after having such a great run in Boston. I don't think anyone would have pegged Al Horford going to Philadelphia in the offseason. So it just goes to show you how surprising uh, things could potentially be. And that's the, that's the excitement of it. You never know what's going to happen. People talk and there's rumors out there all the time and you think you know what's happening. Till, but you never know until... Someone makes an announcement, and until it becomes official, and, and it's this has definitely been the wildest, wildest NBA offseason that I can remember. Something else that's going wild is the QBL, Braden, and it was a pretty good weekend. Some really interesting matchups. First things first, I want to take a look at the, the women's side of things. You guys had a, a, a really nice win on the weekend, and uh, let's take, go through your game. How, how did you think the team performed? Yeah, I think it was it was a good performance. Obviously, um, you know, we had the news this week or we, we sort of announced the news this week that um, Michaela Can, our, our captain, uh, will be gone for the rest of the season. You know, she's now pregnant with uh, her and Luke's second child, which is obviously awesome for them. Um, you know, we lose, you know, a person who, you know, I think is the best point guard in the league and just such an inspirational leader and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's tough to adjust to that mid-season, but fortunately enough, we were able to bring in a, another import in Brittany Carter, who's played, uh, he's from the University of Illinois, but played professionally overseas in Czech Republic and uh, played in good leagues over there and everything. So she was able to get here for the weekend and uh, it was a bit scrappy just trying to get used to playing with a new player and, and all that sort of stuff, but we're able to get the win and that's the main thing, especially when we're coming into this home, home stretch and the competition so tight. So, um, we do really need to keep that going and, and a win to win. And Gladstone actually, you know, considering they had seven players, put up a pretty tough fight um, against us. So we're able to fight through that and get a 20 point win and, and heading into these last six games. Uh, it's really big for us to keep that momentum. Yeah, congratulations uh, to Luke and Michaela uh, on the pregnancy. And, you know, it's be disappointing as a fan to not see her out there on the court, but super excited for them as a family. Uh, having that second child is 
Totally different from the first, so all the best uh, to, you, to you both. And, and it, it's going to be tough for you guys to replace Mikhail. What can you tell us about the, the replacement? Yeah, well, she's a, a different type of player to Michaela. Um, you know, she's a she's a point guard, but she's six foot, so she's got a bit more length and uh, and that sort of stuff. And she's probably a bit more offensive orientated. Um, you know, she can score, she can shoot the ball, she can get to the rack. Um, you know, and that really helps us. She she plays at our pace, which is good. We've been able to keep that. Um, you know, she's good defensively, having that length at the point guard position, a six foot you know, guard who can, um, you know, get deflections and create havoc that way, but also rebound for us. So, uh, you know, I look for probably some more offensive production um, rather than the 12, you know, 10 to 12 assists that, that Mikhail used to give us, which was awesome as well. So um, different player, but similar to the fact that she does so many things. So, um, you know, hopefully this weekend with a double header, we can get her more comfortable and, and see, um, you know, what she can produce. But she's played in some legit leagues, and she's great offensive talent. So I would say for people to watch out for her because she's, uh, she's going to be great for us. The ladder is really tight in that three, four, five, six, even seven, eight spots, really. I mean, you got you guys are right in the thick of things. You're sitting at eight, eight and four, uh, a little bit behind the Gold Coast Rollers in that fourth spot, but they're only half a game ahead of you, as well as Ipswich, who's sitting in third place. The, the two teams at the top, uh, the Spartans and the Cyclones, both had big weekends and big wins. Spartans remain undefeated. Cyclones go on a three-game road trip and pick up three wins. It's going to be tough to catch those two at the top, but where do you see that that middle of the pack uh, settling settling in? Do you still do you see the eight staying as the eight, but maybe just a little movement around that those spots? Yeah, I probably think so. I, th- I think the eight will probably stay the same. I think you know I think the Sunshine Coast Phoenix are just outside of that, but they've had some um, unfortunate injuries with their imports, um, which is probably going to make it tough for them. But um, so I think the eight will stay the same and. Like you said, I think it's just jostling around from those, for those positions, you know, who sits in the top four, you know, who can get that fifth, sixth position and who gets those seventh and eighth um, and just sneaks in. So, um, you know, it's really going to be a massive finish because I think a lot of the teams play each other. And I think even Rockhampton, who are sitting at two losses, have a pretty tough run home. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, Spartans the team to beat. Um, but Towns will look great now with the addition of Abby Bishop as well. So. Um, you know, the Gold Coast are rolling as well, you know, pardon the pun considering their last name, but um, they're doing really well. Uh, Ipswich have been a bit up and down, but they're a stacked team and, and can really put it together when they when they play well. And, and we're lucky enough to have both Gold Coast and Ipswich this weekend. So that can really set it up and, and hopefully we can get some wins, but it's going to be a really tough, um, tough ride home and to see who gets those uh, top four spots. Yeah, and you mentioned Townsville. Townsville is a team that does jump out at me uh, because of Abby Bishop. You know Abby Bishop, the person, but the player as well. She is a, a real difference maker. Do you think she's the kind of player who could really push the Flames towards the, the you know the top four spot and and maybe jag another home final? Yeah, absolutely. I think she definitely can. You know, and obviously with the other players she has there, as far as. Michaela uh, Cox, I think Rachel McCulley is playing the full season now too. She was just initially a replacement for 
Michaela when she was away at the start, and then they've got um, Keely Froling as well. So, um, oh sorry, Alicia Froling. So um, it's going to be tough. Like they've got some some star power and some depth. Uh, I think the only thing is over the next couple of weeks, I think Abby is away with Opals camp. So whether they can scrape in some wins while she's away to sort of keep that top four hopes alive is going to be interesting. I think you know we've got them. Not this weekend, the weekend after. So, fortunately enough, when Abby's away, I think. So, um, it's going to be interesting. But they definitely have the, the star power and the talent to push for that top four and, and challenge for a title going into the playoffs as well. The men's side of things is pretty similar too. It was a pretty big weekend of action. A couple of surprising results. You look at the Brisbane Capitals remaining undefeated. No Will, no will Magnate, but it's always good when you have players like Aaron Anderson and Jason Kadia to, to step up. To me, though, the couple of the there was a few really surprising results. Cans, I shouldn't be surprised by Cans because this is usually when they start rounding into form. They absolutely smack Rockhampton on Friday night, going uh, going up a hundred to seventy-seven, doing a really good job containing uh, Sean Bruce in that one. And then when I look at the other surprising result, Townsville on the road in Mackay, winning by thirty-five points. That was an unbelievable performance and a super impressive result. And and again, you you look at the men's ladder and it, it's the same thing. You have the undefeated Capitals at the top of the ladder. Townsville has two losses behind them. Gold Coast chasing them with three. But then you look at four, five, six, seven, all the way down really into the ninth spot with the Phoenix hanging there in the ninth. Those positions are all kind of up for grabs at the moment. It feels very eerily similar to the women's side of things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, as we've said in the past, the QBL keeps getting better and better. I think this is just a great year as far as, you know, you never know who's going to beat, you know, who's going to win the game. And I think, you know, we've shown that last week, you know, Townsville um, going to Mackay and Mackay has been playing pretty well. And then they um, get the win by 30 in Mackay and, and Cairns who struggled early and now putting some great wins together and beat an awesome, you know, or a talented uh, Rocky side, although they were with AJ, without AJ Ogilvy, but Cairns were without um, a couple of players as well and, and their coach. So um, it's a massive, you know, to see these last sort of six, five games, depending on how many games teams have played. But it's, it's just exciting leading into the, to the finals. You know, you've got any team to win it. Um, you know, Brisbane are obviously playing pretty well at the moment. Townsville are doing well. I think you've got to give a massive credit to Rod Anderson for what he's done up there. You know, he's obviously had two pretty talented teams the last couple of years, but then this year everyone thought they were going to drop off, and they've been, you know, anything but. They've they've been really good, and, and if not better, you know, with the addition of our man from down here, John O'Mines, and, and Jamel Anderson coming back, and Josh Wilson keeps doing what what he's always been doing, and then they're giving locals the chance as well. So. Um, those teams are the standouts for me. And then you've got Gold Coast when they have Pete, they've been really good as well. So, um, But then you have teams like Rip, who have challenged um, teams at the top of the ladder. You have the Logan boys, who have struggled early in the season, but have the roster to challenge anyone. And it's really wide open. I think it's just great for the league, especially coming into the playoffs. It is heading into the point at the end of the season. Let's take a quick look at uh, the schedule this weekend. Friday night, you have the Sunshine Coast Phoenix hosting the Cairns teams. You also have on Friday night, the University of Sunshine Coast Rip hosting Townsville. Gold Coast Rollers hosting Southwest. That's all on Friday night. 
Then we look at Saturday, the Logan Thunder at home to take on the Gold Coast. Those are going to be two huge games in the women's and men's side of things with a lot of finals implications in those. North Gold Coast hosts uh, Spartans. Sunshine Coast Phoenix hosts Townsville. University of Sunshine Coast Rip is hosting the Cairns basketball teams. That will be your QBL Game of the Week presented by us here at Nothing But Net Media. And then Toowoomba hosting Ipswich, a good local rivalry. And to round out the round, we have the Brisbane Capitals hosting Townsville. Gee, that's a tough triple header for Townsville, boy. Two games on the sunny coast and finish off with Brisbane on Sunday. Then Pirates host North Gold Coast and Ipswich hosts Thunder. So you guys have a double header as well. Two really important games for you guys this weekend. If you guys are, haven't been to the QBL, please make sure you get out to your local association. There is some great basketball being played locally. Get out to a game, and if not, make sure you get there before the season's out. Don't miss out on all the action. You will be able to see the QBL Game of the Week on the Basketball Queensland YouTube channel and Facebook page. Braden, this has been a lot of fun. We're going to have to do this again, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like a weekly thing going. I hope we can do it. Hopefully, I'm sure there'll be plenty of basketball to talk about. We've got a lot of action happening in the QBL, a lot of announcements coming out with the NBL. Of course, we have the NBA Summer League. So if you guys enjoyed this, let us know, and uh, we'll make sure that we try and get another one out to you shortly. Thank you, though, Braden, for joining me, and I can't wait for us to do it again next time. No worries, mate. Always enjoy my time with you.